Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. From our highly secure, top-secret video studio, also still available for your listening pleasure, this is the Spurs Insider We are meeting again a week or two, two weeks into the regular season to talk about all things Spurs. I am your host, Mike Finger, joined by Jeff McDonald, Tom Orsborn, Nicholas Talbot. And we will start on the story that Tom Orsborn has owned for the past couple of weeks. It has been something that you are working on every day with your salmon mug that now the the viewers can see. What is going on with Josh Primo, Tom Orsborn? Well, we're kind of in a holding pattern right now. Um, you know, the lawsuit was filed by Hillary Cawthon uh, last Thursday in Bexar County civil civil suit, um, and uh, um, the Spurs have a time period. The Spurs and uh, Josh Primo have a time period in which to answer that with a suit of their own. That's usually the next step in these situations to answer the suit with a suit, a countersuit, saying. These claims are baseless, you know, something along those lines. Um, I uh, have had signals that uh, the the parties are all talking and that there could be a meeting this week in which they get together and, and uh, I don't want to say mediation, but just trying to, trying to see where they go from here. Um, so suffice it to say they're in a holding pattern. And I guess the other development was uh, the Bear County Sheriff's Office uh, announcing or confirming that they are investigating the allegations made by Hillary Cawthon against Josh Primo, the indecent exposure allegations. Uh, no word from Bear County about where that stands. It's, um, you know, in the opening stages. Uh, they have interviewed Hillary Cawthon, um, but I do not know if they've uh, reached out yet to Josh Primo to get his side. The, you talked about the parties involved, and that remains kind of the unique aspect to this case as opposed to cases that people are familiar with involving other pro athletes, other pro teams, where generally it's like an, an accusation is made and then the team and the player are on the other side of it. In this case, the Spurs have waived Josh Primo already. They haven't specified why. We've had confirmation that it is due to the um, repeated – instances of indecent exposure but this isn't alleged right this is uh that's a good responsible point there jeff mcdonald um but we're talking about hillary cawthon who is the accuser uh, the clinical psychologist who had been 
working for the Spurs for all of last year. You have the Spurs, who Dr. Cawthon said did not respond in a timely manner to her concerns. And then you have Josh Primo. So it's kind of a complicated case in that the Spurs aren't necessarily saying that Hillary Cawthon is not telling the truth about Josh Primo, but they are suggesting, as Greg Popovich suggested in a very forceful statement before last Friday's game against the Los Angeles Clippers, is that right? Um, that anyone who has watched the Spurs over the years should know that something like this would be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be tricky. Uh, and, you know, the Spurs do have a reputation for doing things right. They've stood for causes, all those types of things. It's hard to uh, make that argument, though, is because we've done great things in the past, you should know we did great things here. It's yeah. it's, it's all going to have to play out. Um, Basically, Pop said, we're the Spurs, trust us. Correct. I think to sum it up in two sentences. That's that's a fair summary. And a lot of people will feel that way, but I don't think the legal system will feel that way. Right. So. It's fair for Pop to feel that way. Right. But the, you've got to prove it. And to be clear, um, I have no, none of us have any reason to believe that Pop uh, does not believe that. Sure. You know, and, and it's possible if we're going through the all the permutations, all the different ways that this could play out. One way is Greg Popovich didn't was not aware of of the seriousness of those allegations. And um, this took him by surprise. That's a possibility. I'm not sure it's one of the top ones, but it is. So everything has to be considered. Like I said uh, in the newspaper, um, we don't rush to convict anybody. We also don't rush to exonerate and say nobody could have done this. So this doesn't make for um, click baby podcast <laughs> discussions here. Like we're not causing any controversy here, but I think we've kind of covered the bases there. And, and along those lines, there's been no indication that uh, Dr. Cawthon is, is anything but a serious right. ethical professional. Um, there's nothing in her background that indicates that uh, she makes baseless claims like this, that she mm-hmm. has a history of it, uh, um, would be, would make a baseless claim. There's no history of her being litigious. Um, and her uh, her peers and colleagues, the professional organization that she belongs to, speak very highly of her. And uh, I guess to cover the last base, Josh Primo still – Innocent until proven guilty. I mean, we don't we don't know for sure that he did anything wrong. So, I mean, we need to just be clear about all that stuff. Again, this uh, is not. It goes back to the Spurs release. Exactly. We don't know that he did anything wrong, but the Spurs believe there was something there. Correct. Correct. Clearly. And Josh Primo, notably, when he put out his first statement um, after his waiver, um, did not. Not, there was nothing in that statement that indicated uh, he was he disagreed with the Spurs' decision to release him. So take all put all that together. Still have a complicated situation that, as Tom mentioned earlier, is not likely to resolve itself and, before right. our next podcast. We still so. don't know a lot for sure, so it's Correct. hard to really delve too deeply into it. Correct. So that being said, not to uh, uh, minimize the seriousness of the allegation or anything like that, there's just not a whole lot else that we can overanalyze. And there's no smooth segue into this, but now we can get into the on-court stuff, which is why the viewers and listeners are here about the basketball, about the local cagers. And since we last met, 
I'm not sure if the hometown San Antonio Spurs have uh, have have won a game. They're, I might be missing one uh, of them in I there. Think, I think he might be correct. Yeah, yeah. It's zero and four. So, but it, it did go from five and two to now five and six at the time of this recording in the in the secure location. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, man. Is is that something you're ready to uh, go to Vegas and bet against? As, as the Spurs making the playoffs? Yes. Well. Let's be fair. Pop said they're not going to win the title. That's true. Which I'm, I am now on the record. I will, I will, I'm, I'm ready to bet against that. Okay. They are not going to win the championship. Okay. You can probably bet $10,000 to win $1 on that, <laughs> on that bet. Hey, a dollar's a dollar. Hey, I think, but, the, I think the odds went down from like a thousand to one or 10,000 to one to like 500 to one or something it like was, that. It was, it was, uh, the Vegas did move their lines. Um, the bet now is when will they win their next game? I guess. It's uh, the the schedule. Like on the one hand, they haven't been getting just completely blown out. Other yeah, than the Toronto, other than game. the worst loss in the history of Greg Popovich's coaching Correct. career. But when we were it's been all right. But when we were imagining what the season was going to be like, and I won't say I won't use the royal we. I'll just say when I was imagining um, what the season was going to be like, I thought it was going to be a lot more nights like at home against Charlotte and at home against Toronto than these games where they're they're staying in it and and they're not getting outclassed they're not getting and again like the caveat is they had the worst loss in, in the history of Greg Popovich yeah. but they're hanging in there for the for the most part and uh and uh, this team probably will still end up closer to the bottom than to even maybe the middle mm-hmm. but um the there's some pieces there that people can be encouraged about, I think. Is it fair to say the loss to the Clippers comes with an asterisk? Uh, with that, the, with, with uh, Devin being uh, on the minutes restriction. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well I mean, Kawhi Leonard didn't play, did he? That's true. So, I mean, the, the worst loss in Greg Popovich history, I mean, they didn't play Keldon Johnson or right. Devin Vassell. Right. So they all come with caveats. But all, all no teams are full strength these days. Well, yeah. But okay, so what's your what's your opinion? What's my opinion? Yes, people are looking for opinions here. <laughs> what is your opinion that's going to that Luis, our fine producer, is going to 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 edit into a a thirty second video soundbite put out there on any social media network owned by rich people or poor people or just by the people? Um, <laughs> what is that 30 second soundbite that is going to uh, be embraced, uh, shared by all kinds of legitimate, uh, My, uh, verified, blue checked I have people. one opinion that I okay. hold like highest, like I'm never wavering from this opinion. Okay. Is this going to be viral? Ketchup is gross. All things tomato based yes. are gross. Yeah. In your, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's your opinion. That's so going to that save that social be. media in this country. Um, <laughs> well, my opinion about what? I don't the, know what you're asking me. Opinion with what? Look at the for, the, for the listeners online who cannot see it. We have a beautiful HD so uh, you, display board you that, just, that names this podcast and also includes the topic of discussion theoretically. You just, Spurs... Insider, you are inside the locker room, inside the media so you're, room, you're, covering the Spurs. Your what is question, your opinion? Your question to me is, what is my opinion of the Spurs? Yes. This is why I feel like Greg Popovich in uh-huh. these like uh, pregame interviews where people ask these nonsensical general broad questions that there's no way to answer. What's my opinion of the Spurs? They're, 
We were talking about the last five games they're, for they're, about two minutes. They're, they're not. They're not good, Bob. Okay. They're not good. Okay. They they play hard. They fight hard, but they're not good. Okay. Okay. Video that. Like clip that and put that out there. This is like in front of the HD board. Jeff McDonald says <laughs> well, they're not good. People expect a certain degree of analysis, um, insight. Why? Why? Because why it's would a they? Spurs insider. You're yeah, an insider. How many of these have we done? Two hundred. A lot. They should know by now. I think, I think we're up to like 138, 140. They should know by now. There's a lot to there's a lot to watch here. That's the growth that's, that's of uh, Devin. Yeah. The growth of Keldon Johnson. Um, the flashes of Jeremy Sohan, Sohan that we're seeing that are very promising. So here's one interesting yeah. thing. From Tom the, is superior in every way well, to, to what you bring to this podcast. <laughs> I think we already knew that. Yes. yes. What, well, and he probably eats ketchup, so okay. that's true. not I weird. I love tomato-based. Well, he likes <sighs> tomato-based Italian we, dishes. We, we need to do like a point-counterpoint on that on that topic. <laughs> Mayonnaise how, is how gross. I'll go there. Go? Mayonnaise is gross, too. Okay. What were you going to say about uh, Kelton Johnson and Devin Vassell? And, I was going to say, he was like, mentioned, uh, Jeremy. Have we decided if it's Sohan or Sohan? Because he pronounces it both ways as well. I had heard um, when we were in Minnesota that um, Bill Land, friend of the podcast. Yes. There is a, on the Spurs um, notes, game mm -hmm. notes that often have pronunciation guides mm -hmm. for like opposing announcers. It says Sohan. So when you go to opposing arenas... And you hear the PA announcer, like in Minnesota, Indiana, Denver, or wherever, you will probably hear them say Jeremy Sohan. But Bill Land, friend of the podcast, said that he asked Jeremy Sohan himself, and Jeremy Sohan said it's Sohan. Okay, this is interesting now. This yes. is interesting. So Bill Land says, I'm going to go by what the guy wants to be called. Okay, this is interesting. But the, but the notes say Sohan. If be we just say it with a British accent, does that <laughs> solve the issue? Right, that's, that's what also... So the reason I even thought it could be Sohan is I just heard him walking off a shoot around at uh, I think it was Indiana or I guess it was Indiana. And he's just yelling, Jeremy Sohan. Now, maybe he was making fun of the announcers announcing it. Well, I didn't ask him about now it. Now that I'm thinking about it, can you imagine a a British person saying Sohan? Like that's that doesn't sound very British. Does yeah, it? you're right. Can anyone do it? So maybe accent? like I don't want to impeach but, Bill Land's credibility. But he's also Polish. That's true. This and is he was born in Oklahoma. This That's, is something for our next podcast. So it might be Sohan. <laughs> could be. It could be. Uh, anyway. 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 Uh, the game against the Clippers, he had the one like putback dunk on top of Paul George that everyone remembers. But the part that was interesting to me is like Paul George was amazing that game. He scored 32. But every time the Spurs used Sohan, Sohan to guard him, the Clippers did not like that matchup. They kept trying to get him off of off of uh, Paul George, and that kind of said something to me. He's didn't uh, Greg Popovich mention again? Uh, Dennis Rodman light, light. But everyone on this team is now compared to some Hall of Famer that Pop has coached. I was that's yeah. He's Dennis Rodman light. Trey Jones is a, a combination of Avery Johnson and Mono Ginobili. Jakob Pertl is a combination of. Tim Duncan and David Robinson, which finally I asked Jakob about all this. And he says, uh, yeah, if all that's true, we're going to win the championship. So that's I thought it was a great, great answer. It yeah. is. It is. Uh, along those lines of like, uh, while I'm, I'm admitting the stuff I got wrong uh, a month or two ago, the, the, first of all, just the, the competitiveness and that's not even, I knew they'd compete, but I knew they try hard. 
but they're staying in games against good teams. Like that's a surprise. Sometimes. Sometimes. Maybe that won't last forever. Probably won't, but that's been a surprise so far. Uh, Trey Jones, I think I mentioned last podcast, like there's something there. He's a usable point guard. He's a guy who on a good team probably could get productive minutes as a backup. Like there's, there's something I, last year, what got me is what is his skill? What does he bring to the table? And when you're that small and you aren't a three point shooter, can you really stick? He's, he can stick. He can do some stuff. Yeah. And part of, part, part of it is he improved his shot and yeah. can at least be a, he'll hit one or two here or there. The other thing that I think we might have mentioned the last time we were in this video location um, was about does Kelton Johnson have that next level? Like we, I, I think I might have said something ridiculous. Like we sort of know who he is now. He's he's made big improvements from his rookie year to last year. Is he going to hit that sort of plateau where he just becomes a really solid role player? Like. It seems like there's another gear there, and it seems sort of not to not to bring up a cursed name to Spurs fans, but it it reminds you a little bit of Kawhi Leonard and just the way that year after year after year he adds something new to his game and takes huge leaps. Do, do is, we, is that unfair? Do we think he's a much different player than he was last year, or he just there's just his usage is so much higher, and he's just getting more opportunity? That, that could, that's fair. Like I don't know what skill he's doing differently this year that he was doing. I. La- well, his usage rate is up. That's, that's for what sure. I, that's but what I his, mean. His shoot, I think his shooting is a little bit better. He shot lo- a I mean, lot he better shot last fo- year. He shot forty percent from three last year. Almost like it's not like this is a surprise that he's hitting. I, he's just taking more the, of them and hitting the more volume of them. and being able to get them is get, being able to get them off is you know a skill in the NBA. So there's that. But usage rate. I mean, sometimes you go up on usage rate. And you start clanking them off the boards because you're just not taking he's, the old he's kept shots. The, he's kept you're the still same. Getting good shots he's off. kept the same efficiency with a higher usage rate. That's the one thing. Part of it might be again in my head. I believe he started slow from three last year. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then when he started hitting them, uh, I just kind of looked at it with a skeptical. You waited eye. for it to come down. Back I was to waiting Earth. for it to come down, and I guess it never really did. Um, like you said, that his percentage was good as a whole last year. But now it's starting to seem legitimate. It's a surprise when he misses. Hmm? It's a surprise when he misses. It's a surprise when he misses. Yeah. And I would say the same for Vassell. I mean, he started this year 0 for 8 in the first game. And since then, he's not been missing anything. Like those two are, those two really look like pieces that can be a part of something going forward. And again, neither probably will be the number one player. You want them to be your two or two and three kind of guys. Are they. When you look at teams that win the title that have, you know, kind of the super team type of deal, um, do you think that, and it depends on who the number one is, obviously, how good is the number one? But with a clear cut, let's say with like a a player of Nikola Jokic's stature, who's been an MVP-ish type of person, if you put uh, Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson around him as his two and three, does that compare to... Let's say a Jamal Murray and who's their third, uh, Michael Porter Jr., somebody like that. That's, that's hard for me to say because I just watched the, that team, just a, the, those three players in particular from the Nuggets just annihilate the Spurs two games in a row. Right. So that's hard for me to – there's probably some recency bias there. Sure. But, yeah. and So I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean, you also – Jokic is the difference in that situation. Yes, yes. There's one team has a star. The other, yes. Like, I think – yes. I think the question is, and and I guess the other factor to add to this is Denver hasn't yet competed for a title right. with, with that great player. Right. So 
if you just use Jokic as an example of a franchise player that every team needs, like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter haven't been enough. Yeah. Wood killed no, Murray's and been out Bissell for been a year yeah. and a half. Like they yeah. haven't really had all their pieces either. Right. But you, there are questions about the Nuggets, sure. Yeah. Um, last time we talked from various secure locations uh, without the video, without the beautiful board here, um, I had asked about the uh, the possibility that this team could hang around, hang around, hang around into the new year, um, still kind of competing. I mean, they're not the Is Utah that, Jazz for crying out loud. <laughs> that's, the Utah Jazz leading the Western <laughs> yes, Conference. They nine, are nine and three right now. It's impressive. Like it, Will Hardy is coach of the year right now. Former hand, Spurs hands video down, coordinator. Give him, give him the trophy. Hard. Yes. Or is or should he be fired? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to use your joke from last week, the Jazz were trying to tank, or, yeah. or the front office yeah. was thinking about tanking. They kind of they, they could still work that. They out. got a big leap from Laurie. That's really helped them. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, how do you see this going? The The next couple of games after this podcast are against the Memphis Grizzlies and Milwaukee Bucks, who are two pretty good teams. And then they have um, State. Then it's, a, then it's a long road trip. Like, could could this all uh, start going the tanking way? I, I, I shouldn't use the word tanking. No. Could, could it all go the way we thought it was going to go over these next few games, or is there still that, that chance of uh, them I mean, they could on. mess around and win a game there somewhere that you don't see coming. We were maybe Golden State the way the Warriors are playing. I'm kind of joking a little, but if they lose those next three games, you know they're five and nine. But after that, there is a winnable stretch even on the road. They got a Sacramento. I mean, and Portland might be winnable. Just, there's, there's a couple of games in there they can win, but I think you're more on the trajectory where you thought they would be than you know after, after they get. I think this they have trip. three games against three the Lakers this month. The Lakers yeah, three games against the Lakers. Who thought days. you'd just be laying up waiting for LeBron to, yeah. to yeah. feast on LeBron's team? They've been, a, they've been a little bit better after they move Westbrook to the bench, though, but not like world beaters, obviously. Yeah. They've won. They've won a game. So you're, you're, <laughs> your local cagers will figure out a win or two in there. But yeah, they're they're going to lose. A, I mean, we knew that coming in the season. They're going to lose a lot more than they were going to win, and that's where. We're, yeah, that's I was counting. I was just going through the schedule, and I think I counted them up to like 30, 31 wins. You know, which is better that's than a take. That's, so, so I was just giving them the you know giving them the Sacramento's and whatnot, and teams that might be playing better. Obviously, things can change on that, but. You know, I think the over under this begin the season was twenty two and a half. And if they get the thirty, thirty is quite an achievement. Yeah, <laughs> it would be quite an achievement. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disputing your. I'm just saying that. That's where I got quite, to. I, I got. Yeah. The, I got to thirty, and I was like, oh, that's more than I thought. But I was giving them a lot of Lakers games. So that's coach <laughs> of the year consideration. How many games are going to win after the trade deadline, though? Well, that that I was <laughs> yeah. obviously counting on that. That could really change that scenario and take and take it all the way down to the twenties. If you lose Josh Richardson, if you lose Doug McDermott, if you use Jakob, obviously you're not going to win a lot of games after that. There's still no reason to think that Pirtle will stay around past the. I mean, who knows? The no. trade deadline. The way he's playing, you you should be able to get a nice pick for him. I mean, I think you can get a – if you got a first-round pick for Thaddeus Young, you, know, you can get a first-round pick for Jakob Pertl. Someone's going to be desperate. All um, in all, you know, they've, they've been fun to watch. They, you know, they, they play hard, as Mike Finger said. Uh, the crowds have been into it. The attendance hasn't been too terribly bad. So it's been a success this first uh, – First third of the season, I think. Like the what day is this? Yeah, Tuesday, albeit one very uh, <laughs> shocking personnel move. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not to like harp on the primo stuff, but do you guys think that 
moving forward building a basketball team is that Primo News is going to affect have like like lasting effects on building a team and moving forward other than the legal stuff obviously. there's somebody else in the room asking questions I don't know what just <laughs> our, happened our uh, our producer Luis just asked about um Primo's effect on the future the the the, the Primo decisions effect on the future of the I mean franchise. you just you just you just punted a lot of a person you were yeah. counting on to be part of all that so mm -hmm. I mean it's obviously going to have an effect it could have a huge effect in terms of uh, the leadership of the basketball operations. Um, Brian Wright is, um, you know, he's in a he's in a tough spot right now. There's a lot of scrutiny on Brian Wright. Where that leads, I don't know. But suffice it to say, the lawsuit um, definitely places a lot of scrutiny on Brian Wright. The other point, um, we're in an era where the Spurs are struggling to get corporate sponsors like they still don't have a new naming rights partner for the arena does this sort of thing have an effect on that and people wanting to you know attach their name to that and you think about the one the one the one uh, the one company they were able to land for the jersey patch uh self who did who did they choose to be the face they, of that they hitched their wagon to josh primo as their brand ambassador feels like they got burned yeah. a little bit yeah. so does that I, I don't know but does that make other companies a little skittish about yeah attaching their name to this stuff right now does it make it harder to, to make that sale i mean after this is all resolved maybe maybe that becomes an easier sell but mm -hmm. in, in the midst of it i, I don't know what, what what that looks like that all of all of that is Important to consider, um, interesting to consider, that requires a degree of speculation that mm -hmm. might be beyond this podcast. I will mm -hmm. say to Luis's question about long-term impact on the court and in rebuilding, a couple of things. First of all, he was the third highest draft pick of the past 25 years that this team has made. Like the only two players taken higher were Jeremy Sohan and... Uh, Devin Vassell. Devin Vassell. The NBA is a league of draft picks as currency. Like we've seen that over the past couple of off seasons. When you want to require acquire a star, like the draft picks are what do it. Like that's the way a team in a market like San Antonio, which is not one of the top ten markets in terms of media coverage, in terms of revenue, all that type of stuff in the league. That's how you build. You don't get Kevin Durant's to come here. You don't get Steph Curry's to come sign here. LeBron James's. You go out and draft them. So to that point, like you, you basically threw away one of your best ships of this century for nothing. And um, that could be bad luck because, I mean, Jeff, you profiled Primo when he was signed. You talked to coaches that he'd had in the past that said there are – I think someone pointed this out from one of your first features on him. Uh, a coach said, "There are no red flags here. Like yeah. the, that will uh, Oops. that will prevent this kid from becoming everything they hope he's going to become. Like it could just be bad luck. You know, the Spurs ended up making the right pick in their minds in terms of potential, and it just fell apart. Um, the other way to look at it is, well, you took a risk." Basketball wise, yeah, they didn't taking this guy because yeah. and and I I realize that um, draft boards by draft analysts often can be sort of groupthink and aren't a true um, gauge of how 
front offices really consider these draft prospects. Um, but based on all those boards, like Primo was going to be a late first round pick, they took him number 12 overall. That was sort of a leap, a leap of faith they were uh, making in Josh Primo. Like they he's were the asking, youngest, he's the youngest player in the draft. So how like how far does he have to go? Like how right. look at all this room to to jump and improve, and he's got so much talent. And that's you know he's the youngest guy in the draft. He's the youngest guy in the draft, and that's why that's one of the reasons they took him. Like yes. That was a, that was not a drawback. That was right part of the of the appeal. So that didn't work out. And so that mistake, when you make mistakes like that, it comes back to haunt you eventually, or it has the potential to. So, and, and then this, this feeds into, um, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to get into fallout uh, in terms of people's jobs, things like that. But if you just cool. look at um, a GM who takes a pick that high and it doesn't work out, if we take the legal stuff completely out of it, like that doesn't look good. Yeah, uh, um, uh, and, the, and it could just be well, bad luck. By the but, same token, it's not the first lo- sure. late lottery pick that didn't work out. Right. Teams recover from that. It's just the most. Um, it, it's just the most obvious in terms of a team just having to move on and not getting anything yeah. in return. What have you? Yeah. Well, if you make a bunch of those, like those, those start to pile up. Again, I mean, the scrutiny is squarely on Brian, um, not only for the pick, but also the handling of. Uh, Hillary Cawthon's accusations. So um, there's no escaping that. And I'm not passing judgment or, or saying who was right or wrong, but the scrutiny is squarely on him. Because he's named. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In, in, the, in the suit. Um, that's it. So yeah. that's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Um, are we winding down here, Louise? Anything else you want to... <laughs> Charles Bassey, you want to talk about this guy? Sure. There's a there's a, a positive development. A a I, I will say this: if the if Taps allowed the Spurs in this year, I bet they'd win it. I bet they win the title. <laughs> yeah, but well, I don't know. You don't think they could win the Taps title I, this year? I, don't, I, don't, I mean, you know, they might tank that too. Maybe <laughs> they want the first Taps draft pick next year. Charles Bassey, who um, five years ago. I believe it was 2017. That's that was the height of the Charles Bassey uh, yeah. controversy at St. Anthony's, where um, they were in taps. They pulled out of ta- the, the the private school UIL of the of the state of Texas because they wanted to play this kid who taps. This is how long ago it was. It's kind of a time capsule type of deal. I was reading a story from that year, and. Um, they decided that Bassey, because he moved in to the district late, may or may not have had the proper credentials to compete at St. Anthony's. Uh, Taps was saying he wasn't eligible yet. Well, in a, a story that ran in the Express News that year, um, the president of Taps or the person in charge of Taps had had a quote that said he had watched St. Anthony's play Beeville on Periscope <laughs> and, and had seen, and had seen wow. footage of a number 23 that looked like Bassey and, uh, and he shouldn't have been playing. And so that was kind of the, 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 what is it though? When, when you catch someone red handed, the uh, hand in the cookie jar, the hand in the cookie jar, I'm thinking of another metaphor, but it doesn't matter. Well, it'll, it'll come to me later. 
but that was the 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 flaming the the smoking gun smoking gun the, 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 flaming, the flaming lips the flaming, flaming lips. lips the smoking gun was on periscope man that's 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 quite a ridiculous thing to get upset about um, but anyway that that's that's what was going on he was caught on periscope then then saint anthony's had to pull out of taps join some other outfit um he ended up moving on to high school elsewhere played at western kentucky all over the place at that time he was like Listed as one of the top two or three potential draft picks for 2019. Didn't turn out that way. Uh, but now he's back on a two-way deal and playing okay. Playing okay. I mean, he's he's probably, I mean, almost literally outgrown the G League. Like, they uh -huh. put him down there and he just goes off for 33 and 15 and 4. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what you do with him at the NBA level, but he's a good guy to have kind of in the in the program. He played, he played against the second game against the Nuggets and – you know, was active, mm -hmm. eight rebounds in sixteen minutes, like that sort of thing, and some skill there. Like some it's not, skills, it's not yeah. just a big guy who rebounds yeah. and dunks. Like there's, yeah. there's some something built on there. Yeah. Josh Richardson now knows who Charles Bassey is. <laughs> That's right. When yeah. we were in, uh, when we were in Minnesota, Tom, the, the day they signed him to a two way deal, Tom had asked Josh uh, what he knew about Charles Bassey, and it was the most quizzical look I've ever seen. In a, in a press <laughs> he, he did one of the, he, for the people on the YouTube, on the, uh, on the, on the Periscope, maybe we can put this on the Periscope. <laughs> put it on the Periscope. <laughs> and for context. It, it, uh, Tom asks him and, and Josh gives him one of the, who are you talking about? Josh played for Boston. Uh -huh. Bassey played for Philly. I right. thought there would be some uh, sense of a. I don't think Bassey played much for. Philly. No, no, but yeah. twenty something games, I think. Yeah, I know Dejounte Murray would have oh, a full scout. Dejounte Murray was scouting that Charles dude Bassey. at St. Anthony's. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, Tom. I watch a lot of basketball. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was Dejounte Murray's yeah. pat answer. Yeah. Uh, but now Josh Josh Richardson knows, and uh, I will put I will say this, Josh. Richardson, when you asked him that question, mm -hmm. was not dismissing it, was not saying it was a bad question. No. He seemed eager to learn because he understood yeah. that even if you're not aware yeah. of something. Here we go. <laughs> that even if, if something is new to you. You think so? Yeah. That, um, that there can be joy and something yes. to be gained in learning about that and not shutting your mind off to it, but do learning about something new. Do not have contempt before investigation. Do not have contempt before investigation. We need to want to investigate. Want to learn about something new that might yeah. be able to help not only it's you, free. but those around you. And who knows, maybe mind. that something new could end up changing your, your week, your month, your season, your life. Your life. And that's what I would implore yeah. the listeners and viewers of the Spurs Insider to do until we see you next time. Take care of each other and keep it real. <laughs>